Champagne Soccer, we're back. It's been an eventful day in the game, eh? A lot of exciting results, matches. Marcus is here. Cletus is here. Anthony's here. What's going on, guys? Not much, man. Another week. Another another uh chance to chase uh, three three trophies, you know? Hoping that my enemies over in London called Arsenal fall. Hey, hey, what do you mean enemies? I thought we were friends, man. Me and you are friends. Wow. I don't know nothing about Arsenal, man. Oh, but but you said you had uh, more Arsenal gear on the low. Yeah, I mean, just because I got fresh workout gear from one of the freshest clubs in the Premier League and the in freshest Europe. Freshest in the world, you know. That's called Arsenal. That don't mean that, you know, they aren't my enemies, man. You know? Hey, hey, the devil, hey, the devil wears Prada, man. You know? Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> Sick. But I, I, see, I see how you like to squeeze in that three trophies in there, but, you know. Whoa, whoa, you know, yeah. But, you know, not everybody's going to see that. So, yeah. <laughs> Before we get into that, Marcus... How you feeling? Fresh off that nil-nil, you might as well break down that scoreless draw for us. This can't be life. <laughs> Welcome to my life. What are we doing? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we fresh off. Like, what? Are we we couple of hours off of fossil football from Jurgen fucking Klopp today, bro. <laughs> like, what the hell, bro? We thought Darwin Nunez was gonna be the. The creator, bro, like, why was, I guess, because we got Arsenal up next, they just was disrespecting Chelsea, in a sense. But, um, yeah, that retired, that, that weak-ass midfield, bro, I'd rather see Ox out there. Um, Clay, how, how did you feel? Uh, we had the appearance from Conte. Hey, that ball head dude look like a crime boss. Y'all new coach, bro. What's up with that? Hey, man. <laughs> Another hey, cartel ball. boss. First I mean, you know, one, this homie. one thing about us, bro, we I think he's Italian, right? For some reason, you know, we always seem to, to pull on the Italian managers. But um, first and foremost, I like to apologize to anybody that took time out of their day to watch that Chelsea versus Liverpool game this afternoon. Again, I apologize. I wish I could give you back the time, but I can't. Um, but from Chelsea's end, I mean, we had like good moments in the first half. We created some chances. Again, we just unlucky as fuck. We can't score a goal. Like if you look at um, what was it like the the Kai goal? It bounced back off the goal. You hit his arm, and it's not a no goal. Kovacic had a chance to like put it away. He over dribbled it, went wide, and just killed himself. Um, I think Enzo looked pretty good. He was like the only person trying to like do something a little bit different, like he'll go long or he'll stretch the ball long, trying to find Ja Felix. I think those two are the only people that, like, really have any creativity since. But my biggest worry right now is also the fact that coaches are, like, leaving Mason Mount out of a team, and I don't know what they're thinking this is going to achieve, but we, we need Mason on the field ASAP. You know it's, it's going to achieve, bro. One of them England boys is coming to Liverpool. I told you, bro. You could have Gallagher, bro. I could drop him off tomorrow. I really, I really don't <laughs> want it, but he gonna count towards the homegrown. So, yeah. um, yeah. To I'll touch start. on, to touch on that game too, I would say on the Liverpool side, bro. We had up front, we had Nunes, Firmino, and Jota. <clears throat> we 
honestly, we would like I said earlier, we were leaning on Nunez's pace. Curtis Jones, I thought he was gonna do something because y'all did disrespect him, but under uh what is it, the under 21s at the international break, he was doing decent. He was out here styling. Today he couldn't even stay on his damn feet whenever Cucarella would get close to him. Like uh Kula Bali looks world class today. Like <laughs> that's embarrassing to say. Um Shit, we had Kanata actually looking like to me he was the most solid. Um, what was that? Hendo yelling at Allison, Allison like yelling back. I, I like I said in the chat that that could probably get Hendo up out of here soon. Um, yeah, our subs we subbed on the real dudes and we had a couple more chances, but it was overall a weak game. It was like how Clay said. I'm sorry y'all watched that, bro. It was a board fest. That's what's up now, Anthony. As a guy that used to have trouble with Liverpool, let us know how easy it was to walk through them this past weekend, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. Give me a thanks. Yeah, thanks for passing it over to me, man. It was a uh no sweat kind of morning for me. You know, woke up early, saw my team go down one nil on some. Uh, expected counterattack because it's Liverpool. You know what I'm saying? You know those uh gazelles in the in the wild that's trying to escape the line. They probably only got one or two moves and they trick back to escape. And it's gonna it's gonna have it's gonna work once or twice. But hey, man, no no sweat. You you always gonna eat your meal if you're the king of the jungle, man. So once that one drop, we stay with the back three <clears throat> as I brought up last week. If we come out in that formation with the back three, that means we're confident with it and we're going smack at all the trophies in this formation. I did not expect, <clears throat> drum roll please, John Zizu Stones to make his debut as the second best defensive midfielder in maybe Europe. Definitely the Premier League. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. <laughs> hey, uh, Dan, you showed me something saying uh, saying Casemiro's days are numbered. So, uh, <laughs> hey, man, it's kind of funny. But John Stones really did boss it up as a double uh, pivot next to Rodri and then tracking back as a right back. Uh, there was no hints or questions on where's Rico or why isn't he out there? John was passing the ball effectively. Um, there's a stat. Uh, let me see. Dan, you, you sent it to me earlier. And it said John Stones only lost the possession of the ball with 6.7% of his touches this season. Okay. And in the league, that's 87 out of 1,300. The lowest rate at out of any player with 15 uh, or 150 plus touches. So John Stones is on smoke this season. Uh quiet smoke, but smoke nonetheless. <laughs> and if that's the case, sorry for at least the Champions League. I know for sure without Arsenal slipping slipping up in all seriousness, we should get the Champions League and FA Cup. Cause those are in our hands. And I I believe we can get that. Word now. Breaking down Julian Alvarez's performance and how <laughs> brothers like Jamie Carragher are saying, see, I told you they're better without Holland. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about better, but yeah, we are. Our team looks more natural um, to 
our style of play with Alvarez right there because he's more of a playmaker. I honestly think in the long scheme of things, Alvarez would be more of a city legend than Holland. He'll probably stay for two or three more years after Holland leaves, chases uh, some champagne dream at maybe Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona, wherever he may go. I believe Alvarez will stay. Um, he already signed one more uh, year to his uh, contract. I believe it ends in 2028. Um, the way he was playing on Saturday, uh, drifting like in the false nine position. He also was swinging passes left, right uh, in the attack. And also where he got his goal for the tap in, just being in the right place for the team goal. Um, it, showing that the the back three, its style of play suits City now in the form of how they want to be aggressive on the attack and and still maintain possession higher up the pitch. That's that formation actually like allows that. Um, and so Alvarez held it down, man. It's <clears throat> that's what we got him for. We got Holland, and then we got Alvarez as a, a safety valve, but we didn't expect that we we gonna be pulling the trigger with him a lot more than we plan to he has 12 goals he's like in the top three scores on the team uh it's holland and then foden uh alvarez and i believe de bruyne is the, is the list so he's on sure. too yeah and pep was hype he said yeah man he was involved in all three of the first goals and i was like oh yeah whoa <laughs> saying he's involved right because he doesn't say that about Holland, but yeah, there was reports that if you guys didn't get Holland, Pep didn't care. He was going to roll with Alvarez anyways. That's how much he rates him. So it looks like they're excited to unleash him moving forward. So that's going to be fun. But like you said, Marcus, uh, Salah was benched. Trent, Robertson, Gakpo, Van Dyke. These guys were rotating against Chelsea for Arsenal. Now, I don't understand that. Because if you're really in a race for top four, you need to win everything. But I guess like uh, the script is in because Arsenal, the manager, or sorry, the referee, that's going to be in charge of the match of Arsenal-Liverpool. The boy has uh, coached Arsenal's last five matches. We have zero wins. Zero draws, five losses. He sent a player off. And yeah, okay. Based on that, it's going to be tricky for us. But before we talk about that, we got to go back and salute the team for beating Leeds 4-1. Saka was a late scratch. So Toussaint stepped in on the right wing, had more assists, creating chance after chance. Gabriel Jesus with a brace. I'm sure you guys saw the joke online about how Gabriel Jesus has been out four months, rehab, came back and still scored goals before Richarlison ever did in the PL. But hey, man, Troussard, what a signing. Thank you, Chelsea and Cletus, for signing Modric because Troussard has been on fire. My man has seven assists at Arsenal already. (laughs) He's, He's like second... He's like second or third in the Premier League in assists just because of his time at Arsenal. So that's crazy. We have the players that can take advantage of the chances now. 
and he is creating like a motherfucker. I'm impressed. So Arsenal a four one. I think moving forward, we have to be smarter with our lineups because if we got teams ten places behind us rotating against us, we got to be smoother. Hopefully Saka is healthy. Saliba is still hurt. He hasn't recovered from the Sporting Lisbon match, the second leg, when he aggravated his back. So that's scary. Tamiyasu's already out for the year. So we're getting thin at center back. Rob Holden's been doing a good job. But yeah, it's going to be tricky against Liverpool. We'll see, though. Um, also, salute to Shaka. He scored again. Ben White scored a beautiful goal um hey man i'm excited to see how this attack is moving in the team overall and speaking of an attack uh whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. what's good damn i got to go ahead and express my theory about this man city victory um the script was in oh oh, oh. <laughs> the script was in it was fine i let i let city have the flow but i'm sorry in the 42nd minute my dog Roger should have been out that pitch. Well, yeah. Double foul, hey, man. Mister, who is the ball headed ref? Okay, if he's on the pitch <laughs> when we play Arsenal, the script is in, bro. Okay? Nah, nah, hey, hey, man. I'm about to find who the ref is because it's a brother that always. Yeah, it's Paul Tierney. How you do double fouls in 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 five minutes and so you don't get up off the pitch? Okay. Paul Tierney is the ref against Liverpool at Anfield trouble and then chris kavanaugh at var he likes to cook against us too so yeah like i said in the last time the last five times paul tyranny has been the ref in our matches we lose so hey, hey. that's who they they brought him to drop us it's like how uh marcus you know how the nba <laughs> whenever chris paul is happy they got to call my man to chop him down. Oh yeah yeah then he retired though so he should feel that no, peace, no, but... he's still around he's still oh. didn't retire Oh, he he's been pumping weights. Yeah, they won't win. The, they won't win. This hey, hey, Marcus, I got a quote for you from your own manager. Oh. Don't Jürgen, hit me with that. Jurgen Klopp on whether Rodri should have been sent off for Man City versus Liverpool. I'm not sure we would have won against 10 men today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, he stopped Fabinho's goal, bro. I'm not going to lie. When I seen that, I was, that's when I got mad. I said, get this mother off the pitch. He shouldn't even be here. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Club Club has been funny, man. He's been having fun. They asked him, hey, Club, why you still got your job? Hey, man, because what I used to do, I might be cooked, but I don't know. At least he knows, because I'm wondering, like, why is he got a slig yet? What's going on here? Oh, he's a you don't fire a legend, bro. Man, look man, at the man. midfield. Look at the midfield we putting out there, bro. Legends get fired. Yeah, you should be. You should get fired <laughs> just for that. That midfield is trash. That's FSG problem. Hey man, this is this is a beautiful thing that we broke down. I don't even know if it was on the pod or it might have just been me and Anthony just talking. But I remember we were breaking down the difference between City and Liverpool, and we were like, technically. This before the season, you could say Liverpool has the best attack, the best defense, and the best goalie. But City's advantage has always been the midfield. And as we see, that midfield is the same thing in American football. The, the trenches, if you can't control the midfield, you can't control games. And that's been y'all issue. Like, 
as good as Klopp has been, a guy that used to prioritize the midfield at Dortmund, then he forgot it and bypassed it. That's his fault too. Well, so to answer that, actually, I would say their some of their time has been depth, and that would contribute to the midfield. With the like when we had Genie, we had certain players that they peaked. I think that was the prime midfield for Liverpool, but you had nobody young behind that. Yeah, and then, you know, bad investments in Oxalate Chamberlain. Once again, thank you for that money. We needed it. You signed Keita, cooked, you know, Tiago cooked. Silva on the bench. They got mad people on the bench that come in before <laughs> I see Rico Lewis. Shit. I don't know. Rico, if Rico was in your midfield, he'll, he'll, he'll keep things tidy. I mean, he'll be on the pitch before mm-hmm. Curtis fucking ja- uh, Curtis Jones. Hey, man, Curtis, you almost called him Curtis Jackson. I know you. <laughs> I mean, but I would say that, like, I, I would say that. And also with the clock thing, he's always missed. He's missed his targets. He wanted AT. He went to real. He wanted grabbing, grabbing whatever back. He went to Byron. So it's like he missed a lot of time shit. And the way it sounded, we don't get top four. He going to miss with you. Shit, he might just retire then. <laughs> Oh, man, that's going to be crazy. But, yeah, let's get into uh, their classicer. It was a fun match. Shout out to Claytis. We went out to a spot to watch the match. Uh, I would say shout out Faisal, but the boy put holes in the back of my jersey. Cigarette burns. The guy, man. (laughs) But, hey, let the people know how Saturday was, the match overall, and your thoughts on their classicer, and then we can get into the heartbreak from today. Yeah, no, the classicer the whole day in itself was a success. Going over to the Bricks, um, meeting the rest of the Mia San Mia district group, you know, watching the game with them was a vibe. But in all honesty, I expected a thorough Bayern Munich victory. You know, whenever those guys come to Allianz Arena, they lay down. It doesn't matter the formation. Doesn't matter if they're in form or not. They could have won 10 0 the week before, but when it comes to the Allianz, they know what time it is. Um, but hey, that goalie, bro. I mean, that's what happens. Like, like I say, bro, when it comes to the Allianz, it's just the pressure is just too much for them and they fold each and every time. I feel like, especially that first goal, that mistake by the goalkeeper just kind of made them even more nervous and made it a lot easier for Bayern to just continue to attack and get that second, third goal and, you know, just keep it on from there. But formation-wise, Daniel and I talked about it. Um, it was a Nagelsmann team that went out there on Saturday and won that game. I didn't see any much of a difference from what Nagelsmann would have put out that Tucho put out. Um, so it feels like the team is comfortable playing with the back three, even though we some of us feel like they're better at being in the back four in order for them to kind of, like, utilize all their attacking prowess as opposed to, you know, Nagelsmann previously playing, what, six attacking players. But besides that, I think they control majority of the game pretty well. Then really give Dortmund a lot of chances to get back into the game until, like, maybe towards the end. But those were all, like, mostly individual mistakes. But overall, I think Byron did. It was it was a, a usual game that you expect from them when it came down to the Classica. Yeah, man, and uh, see, this is why I like watching sports in my house because I really be locked in and can pay attention because at the bar, I thought he was playing with a back three, but then I went and watched 
the replay later when I got home. And yeah, it was the back, it was a four, two, three, one back yeah. to the standard Bayern. And you can tell Tucho, he said he asked the players uh, what did they feel more comfortable in? And he decided to go with a simplistic approach. He said he was inspired by Ancelotti to, hey, man, instructions, less instructions, just let people know they roll and fulfill it. And that's what happened. I mean, like you mentioned, the upper Meccano <laughs> long ball and the goalie whiffing it, that was terrible. And that changed everything because as soon as that happened, you saw Dortmund got deflated. And then, <laughs> like, literally, how many minutes after that until Muller scored? And then Muller scored again. Let me double check. Yeah, the own goal by Koble was in the 13th minute. Five minutes later, Muller scores. And then five minutes after that, Muller scores again. And it's 3 0. After 23 minutes, the match is over. Question. Yeah, go Question. ahead. What position is is Khan uh, playing? Oh, Emery Chan? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's basically the pivot. He's the single pivot. The so like, like a center back. Yeah, normally. Yeah, he does rotate. It's kind of like a hybrid between DM center back because they've played him back there before when they had an injury crisis. But he's basically... There, John Stones, if you will, the metronome at the back, setting the tempo and dictating the pass. And that's what Bayern did very well. They marked Emery Chan to make sure that Bayern couldn't build from the back properly. You saw, for some reason, they had Rafael Guerrero more centrally. You know, he's a left back, left midfielder. But I guess it was to try to fit in Marco Royce, who was a ghost grandpa turn it in uh julian brand on the right wing he was also ineffective jude was a ghost all match until he drew that penalty we're gonna get in to him later pause <laughs> not like that <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey man i couldn't believe what i, <laughs> I couldn't believe you what know, i was seeing from dortmund dropping some sick little little drinks today hey man what the heck did you think clay when you saw the lineup that Dortmund put in and you realized, oh, they're playing with a midfield five. They're trying to compact the space. Did you think that would give Bayern issues? I didn't think so because I felt like with um, a lot of times with the classic of like we tend to stretch the pitch a little bit more. And then with a lot of our wingers, they like to come inside. So I knew that if they try to cram the midfield, all we honestly have to do is just try to stretch the field. And with Coleman and guys like Sane, you know, that's all they do. Like, they're, they could sit out wide and just beat you in 1v1. So I wasn't really, you know, like, worried about their midfield because at the end of the day, I felt like Byron still had a superior midfield to overplay them if they loaded up that midfield box. For sure. Now, hey, let's go into today's heartbreak, man. <laughs> Two... Freiburg won Bayern, the German Cup. You guys fired Nagelsmann because you're going for the treble. And in the second match, <laughs> the treble run is over. This is the first time Freiburg has beaten Bayern in Munich. After This is the 24th time they've played them over there, and this is the first time they won. 
After the match, Kimmich said, and I quote, it pisses me off brutally that we lost out on the title, were eliminated, although in my opinion, it was not possible to be eliminated. Freiburg actually had nothing at all. A long range shot and a penalty, end quote. And Cletus's big homie, Brazo, Bayern sporting director, he said, and I quote, we're very disappointed with the way the game went. It should have turned out differently. It's very bitter. It has nothing to do with the coach, end quote. What are your thoughts on those comments, Clay? I mean, hey, they told me that they were preserving the treble by hiring Thomas Tuchel. So I don't know. I don't know, man. A lot of times Brazil makes a statement and what I'm seeing does not align to his statement. And I'm, I'm going to touch up on some other stuff that I've read as well. But um, I watched the first half of the game only because I had a meeting, you know, second half. But from what I saw is like, yeah, Byron had a lot of the possession, created a lot of shots. I think they had like maybe like, you know, 15, 16 shots. But besides that, it wasn't nothing very convincing on target. Um, I seen there were some good chances, but again, nothing that, you know, showed like we were in control of the game, that we're going to win the game. And and just another thing that's been like a little, uh, Byron's issue this season has been individual mistakes towards the end of the game. Um, I'm, I don't blame Musiala at fault for the penalty or anything like that. But again, that goes back to not being dominant enough and not being clinical and in order to, you know, prevent yourself from being in this position where it's the 90th minute and the opposition gets a penalty and win the game. So definitely a lot of individual mistakes that needs to be worked on that needs to be cut out. But honestly, today's display did not show anything that was deserving of a victory. Homie at center back sucks, bro. Who, Uber Makano? <laughs> yeah, bro. That foul at the end was really, really dumb. Yeah. I mean, honestly, to me, he's been best one of the best players for buying this season. I mean, yeah. he's had some – I think at the start of the season, people were really on him about, like – even me, like, last year, like, he used to be out of position a lot. But this year, if you watch him, like, his positional play, like, the way he reads the game, I think he's been Byron's best player. Maybe he's made a few mistakes here and there, but I still wouldn't hold it over him, honestly. Yeah, and even I was reading a, maybe a week or two ago, Marcel Desailly, French legend, he was talking about how yeah. – uh, France has a special talent, especially defensively. And he praised uh, Upamakano and Konate, but he was like, Upamakano's the one. He is the guy that's going to be the figurehead of our back line moving forward. Because like you said, a lot of people believe in his ability. He has stepped it up this year, but he still can make the odd mistake. And that's what he has to work on. I think with the match... It was just so dry. Um, It showed you how a disciplined team can break down Bayern because, like we mentioned, Dortmund are shook daddies. They always fold when they have to go to Bavaria. And whenever things are expected of them, they can never show up. While Freiburg, they happy to sit back, play structured, 4-4-2, mid-block, low-block, compact the space. And, yeah, it was hard to get a chance. Kimmich can say it was a fluky L because of a long-range shot and a penalty, but hey, that was their game plan. We're going to have limited chances. We don't have the most explosive team, but we have to be decisive when we get it, 
and they were. Now, Marcus, your man Sadio Mane, they, they want that boy out of there, man. Um, what do you think about his time at Bayern and how he's being used? Because it is unfortunate. Uh, he was basically signed as the only attacker and kind of had to replace Lewandowski, but he's not that player and he suffered. So what do you think, Marcus, about your boy Sadio Mane and his struggles at Bayern? I thought... I mean, honestly, I thought he should have stayed. You know, they always said that. But um, I thought Byron bought him thinking that they could use the AFCON money like on a regular basis because since he played striker a little bit more. Well, yeah. I would say, honestly, it's more of a shadow striker, to be honest, right? Yeah, you're right. Because for Senegal, he does play more centrally, but sometimes it's on the left, too. So he has, like, the movement to roam, but... It's not like he's stationary in the middle, so. So I think that was a uh that that they thought initially like that's the player we're gonna get. He's kind of he's kind of good athletically in the air, so they thought that they were gonna get that from him. But like how I think y'all said it to me, maybe the second game when um Nagelsmann was ready to bench him, he uh in Germany he has to be more technical. He isn't as technical as those other players, so they're playing those hard balls into him. And that first touch is he's go, is going astray. So a lot of times he's losing possession a lot, and then he's fouling people. Like today, he got a yellow card because he he had to he lost the ball. He was trying to be aggressive to get it back. I mean, he's not producing the same amount of goals that he did initially. So um, I mean, he he might have to do what G, how they did Genie. When he was at PSG, they gonna have to like loan to buy him, but I don't know where because I don't think he gonna go nowhere in in Germany. So um, yeah, I think I think he gonna have to find a different option, um, because unless Coleman and Grenabry leave and then he could play on the wing again, that's the only way I think he gonna he'll he'll be able to get back. Yeah, I hear you on that. Now Clay. Nabry's another brother that hey, he looked like he lost his swag. He even cut his hair trying to re reclaim form. Yeah, yeah. Nabry should leave and and Mane can go back to the flanks. But even then, I still feel like, you know, historically, Mane used to play on the right until Salah came to Liverpool. Then he moved on the left. I think on the left, that's Musiala's spot, man. So where is Mane going? What do you think? Again, just like Marcus just said, you know, Bayern is a very technical team and all our wingers are able to play both wings. So it's like, even if Serge is to leave, which I really still haven't bought into that yet, you still have to compete with Coleman and you still have to compete with Sané at the end of the day. So it's like your position is never secured. So I just think Manin just needs to put his head down and really like get to work. Um, It's the end of the season. I feel like this is where they're looking for his impact more so than like, Maybe at the start of the season, you know, he's been injured. He's at rehab. He's had some time off. Um, so, you know, even if you're getting those 40 minutes on that left wing, I feel like he could still, you know, contribute a lot to the team. But he just, I, to me, it just looks like his work rate is, like, not at the level as the rest of the team. Like, he seems a little bit more, like, relaxed, you know, when it comes to, like, tracking back. But I'm not saying Mane doesn't track back or doesn't work hard, but he just needs to match the the energy within the team, and I think that will kind of help him gain more play time as well. 
Is it because he older? I mean, bro, Triple Motang is starting before you. Is Triple Motang older than Mane? Uh, yeah, I think. Around the same age, might be a year older. Yeah, but I mean, he's a real striker. <laughs> That's the difference. So, one guy's actually playing his position. The other guy is struggling to find his place. I mean, but hey. that's the thing, bro. We could definitely try putting Mane up there because it's not like he hasn't played as a striker before, as like, you know, a free nine. So, I don't know. I feel like leaving him out on the wing isn't helping him because, again, the team is so dynamic. It's like the wingers are playing both sides. They're they're coming inside. You know, they're able to do so much stuff, play a false nine. So, it's like, why would we just keep Mane on the wing if we see that's limiting him? And we could try to bring him into the play more by playing him a little bit more centrally. So, yeah. Yeah, Klopp was using him as a false nine last year when they signed Diaz, and he played well in that role. So maybe yeah. you can ask him for some notes. I mean, Sucho needs to ask him. <laughs> well, speaking of a guy that needs some notes, Graham Potter, RIP to your Chelsea career. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, RIP to your Leicester career. They became the 12th and 13th manager to get fired in the Premier League, which is a record. Um, the PL has existed for 31 years, and prior to this season, the most firings in a season was 10. So, Anthony, what do you think is the cause of all these firings? Do you think the majority of them are justified? What's your take on brothers losing their job at a record pace in England? Uh, <clears throat> Brandon Rogers was probably justified. Lester was sucking, uh, or they disappeared off my radar. But uh, I feel like he was losing games they could have won. Uh, he probably could have got fired last season, whole time. But yeah. Grant Potter, I think he could have had more time, but he wasn't performing or giving any good results. So um, I can see that. Uh, I think a lot of this has to do with um, clubs try needing to know how to manage expectations. Uh, everybody trying to get uh, results fast and win fast, um, not get slid fast. And, and coaches are becoming the, the scapegoats. Um, Lampard got fired twice from this league within like three years. And that's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just, I don't know, people don't get time to get their feet settled. Or some of these coaches are probably taking jobs that are too big for them and probably should relax and stay at their, I guess, uh, a smaller club to – build themselves up uh next one on the list not to get fired but we hear company may be coming up to um either Tottenham or some some clubs some Premier League team is gonna get them and uh hopefully that's not gonna be too big of a leap for him when that happens so we'll see Word now you got like you mentioned you got Lampard got slid, Stevie G got slid, Scott Parker got slid, all former England captains. Uh, what was my man? Ted Lasso, Jesse March uh, got slid after getting, <laughs> after they let him buy an American, they said, get out of here. Vieira got slid after um, Crystal Palace 
couldn't get a shot on goal three straight matches, which was a PL record. Conte got slid after he said, you know, this is the history of the Tottenham. They stink. So many more. And I think one thing that maybe these teams aren't taking into account is, as you guys can recall, this was a World Cup year. We've never had a World Cup in the middle of a season. So we saw a couple coaches get fired before the World Cup. But after the World Cup, that's when we're seeing a lot of these people getting fired. And I think a big part of it also is that if you look at the PL table, this is the tightest relegation race, I think, ever. If you look at, let me double check, between 20th place Southampton with 23 points, uh, Leeds is 13th, and they're only six points ahead of them. So I think that's the biggest reason and why, because the relegation race is ridiculous. Southampton, like I said, 23. Leicester is 19th with 25. Bournemouth is 18th with 27. Nottingham is safe with 27. Everton is 16th with 27. West Ham is 15th with 27. Wolves is 14th with 28. It's crazy. And also Wolves fired their coach. So I think that's what it is too. The relegation battle is so tough that these teams don't know what to do. But, hey, man, Grand Potter deserved more time. Come on, man. What's wrong with you? Even Roman Abramovich never fired two coaches in a season. Clay, what is this about? I mean, you know, with Roman, at least he had people around him that understood British football, the culture, and what and what is, you know, required of you. My man's, you know – Again, you know, guys, don't take this, you know, no type of way. As Americans like to do, they like to come into an environment and implement their change, thinking that their idea is always the best. And, you know, he's he's learned from that. Now, hopefully, they don't rush into a new managerial appointment. They kind of take some time. There's nothing for us to play for this season. The Champions League, we could huff and puff all we want, but the competition that's in front of us, you know, are more favorable to win. So I'm glad the guy's gone. Honestly, it took too long for him to be gone, but yeah, uh, Potter and um, Bowley going to have to take that L, bro. You fucked up. You, you appointed the wrong guy. That's that's on you. Now, the longest tenured coach in England now, can you guess who it is, guys? Klopp. Yep. Klopp pulled up 2015 in the fall. And I believe the second longest tenure is Pep. So, yeah, it shows you how the league has changed. They went from being the outsiders to now they're the standard. We still standing. (laughs) Honestly, also just to pick back off what you were saying earlier, I think the biggest reason why we're seeing so many turnovers and coaches is because the financial gain from the Premier League that they see is like they're not willing to risk that. Like, Teams see that now if I'm able to stand in Premier League, I'm going to make this much money. So why would I risk, you know, keeping this coach in place and potentially losing out on all of these endorsement deals? And I feel like now, especially teams like, you know, Leicester or whatever, Southampton, Everton, like now they're all seeing the money and they cannot afford to be out of the league and not see that that money. And they won't be able to survive or be able to come back into the league and be able to compete if they lose out on that Premier League check come the end of the season. 
So I think moving forward, we're going to be seeing a lot more coaches getting fired because, bro, we're in the results business. And at the end of the day, the results is what's going to bring in the cash. So if it's not bringing in the cash, you know. Yep, and uh, it's not over because David Moyes is under surveillance. He can lose his job if it's a tricky result. And then also the Nottingham Forest coach. What's my man's name now? Uh, Steve Cooper. Oh, Steve Cooper. He can lose his job because they just lost the leads today. So, yeah, it's, it's not over. We can end up the season with 15 coaches getting fired potentially. So, Anthony, as a guy who has the best coach in the world on his team and a stable. Wow. A stable team. What do you mean? Is that a. Is, we wow. beat them 17 times, bro. You said who? Who? We beat them 17 times, though. <laughs> Win. Yeah, one league title. What do you have for that? Congratulations. 17 you, dubs, though. Yeah, and one league title to show for. That's that's going to be the big under surveillance. Don't let Arsenal win the league and Arteta has the same amount as PL titles as club. Then we're going to have another conversation. Hey, he ain't got Champions League, though. He yes. got FA Cups. That's good. Then we'll say Klopp became, came to England and became a cup coach. Beautiful. Hey, domestic double. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Didn't Pep get a tr- domestic treble? Hey, we ain't, we ain't talking about that, man. 9 <laughs> to 17. That's all I got to say. Are you coming to treble now? We're doing, hey, look, Club World Cup also. <laughs> yeah, we clowning that treble. Because if we if we call him that troubles, then you know. Hey man, who did they beat in the Champions League final against Tottenham? Hey man, congratulations. Hey, and they're trying to rehire. Team. And they're trying to rehire that guy. Come on, man. You I better get know. Julian. Hey man. Anthony, how does it feel to have you know such stability moving forward? Because it don't look like Pep is leaving anytime soon. So how does it look? when you see the league and how everybody is struggling for coaching and you're, you're safe and relaxed, man, it feels good knowing that my club's uh, management is secure. You know, I like stability, not just uh, my manager staying there, man, our chic, he got promoted, man. He's a, he's the VP now. So, you know, it's a, it's a <laughs> lot of, it's a yeah. lot of job security going on in Manchester city. Hey, man. That- yeah, shout out to Sheik Mansour, now the vice president of the United Arab Emirates. More opportunities to cook books, you know, allegedly. Hey, you man, know. Chill. I'm going to have my lawyer come come stop by your house for that hey, slam. Oh. Oh. <laughs> nah, man, it's cool, man. I'm excited. Uh, if Pep wants to be there, hey, man, I'm, I, I smell it. Champions League this season, we may have to run it back on your own next year, you know, hey. Who knows, man? Make, bro, make, take, take the Champions League and leave, bro. Take the joint and go back to New York to your apartment and take your little vacation, bro. You you overstayed your welcome in England. Oh, Ooh. my goodness. Dang. Cletus, why you sound like you want him to, I don't know, uh, vacate premises? I needed him to vacate last year, and then mm-hmm. the Holland thing, and then something else happened. It triggered him to be like, oh, I'm staying for another year. We have unfinished business. Bro, if you don't want the joint, it's cool. Just go back to New York. Come out here to New York. Do your little press room, bro. That little that little restaurant you also talk about, bro. They probably miss you. Go back and see them. Let let the league be, be fun again, please. I want to win. 
<laughs> Plop need to run it for a year or two, bro. I don't know if he can do that. By the way, Klopp versus Guardiola, they faced each other 27 times. Klopp has 12 wins. Pep has 10 wins. And then, yes, five draws. Klopp is still the only coach that has a winning record on Pep. So you got to salute that. But, yeah, all that dominance and second place. God bless. But now let's talk about a list that it's a little controversial, but, you know, everyone has their biases. ESPN FC has a list randomly of the 39 best youngsters in the world, age 21 and younger. Did you guys get the opportunity to look at the list? Yeah, there's a couple questions. Disrespectful list. <laughs> hey, man. Who, who works at the NFC? You know, this is English dominated media. How is Starboy not not over Pedri? Okay. That's what I wanted to know first off. I mean, how is Starboy not number one? He's the only brother. Of course, I'm biased. I'm an Arsenal fan. But the reason why I'll say Saka deserves to be number one is because he's the only person on this list that's had to be the main man at a team for more than two seasons, and he's held his own. He's Arsenal Player of the Year, back-to-back years. England Player of the Year, reigning England Player of the Year. He's the only one that, since he was a teenager, had to be the face of his team, and he continues to rise and thrive. So that's why he would be my number one. Everybody else, they get the chance to. Pedri and Gavi, hey, man, Lewandowski is holding it down. No one's asking you guys to run a team. Jude, they finally just asked you to run a team and you're Ghost Dini in big moments. You had a nice run earlier in the season, but nah. Uh, who else is? Musiala, number four, I have no problem with that. He's Bayern's standout attacker this year. He should have been higher. And then number five, Gavi, and we know the name. Kamavinga, number six. Martinelli, number seven. Florian Wirtz, number eight. Number nine, Guardio from, you know, Leipzig. And then number 10, Moises Caicedo, Brighton. So, uh, Claytis, you got some issues with the list. Let it be known, man. Yo, yo. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, y'all see My phone was on mute. But nah, personally, um, Saka should be number one because, like you said, you know, he's been Arsenal's player of the year, England's player of the year. He's he's having a great season. He's dependable. He's, you know, able to close out games. Like, he's hitting all the benchmarks that needs to be met. And I, I'm pretty sure ESPN FC is a biased company because a lot of times when you see these Barcelona kids up here, they're ranked a little bit higher than they should be. Um, in my opinion, against uh, Saga should be number one. Maybe Musiala is shifts to either number three or number two. Um, you know, I don't see Drew Billiam being number one. I don't see where they getting that from. I don't know what stat they're looking at to correlate. I don't. It's, it's all bias over there at ESPN FC. Man. Which one in the Champions League? Like, like, like Gavi. Gavi. You know, he's a nice player, bro. But I don't rank him as a number five. Maybe in the top ten. Kamavinga has definitely done a lot this season, especially with the injuries at Madrid. He's played more than 
one or two positions, and I could see him being moved into number five. That's number six. But yeah, yeah a lot of the players here, you know, especially like no disrespect to La Liga, but I feel like the Arsenal players, some of the British players that are on the list, they're kind of showing a lot more than you know the the Barca kid, even Florian. I think Florian should have probably, you know, he's probably knocking into the top five if we're being honest. But you know, the season's not over. There's there's a lot of talent on this list. That's one thing I'm really glad to say. Like, if you're really scouting for you know young talent for the future, you could definitely you could cherry pick on this list. Yeah, and I like the way you did that, Clay, because uh, that's what I did. Hey, man, the three folks I say Liverpool need to get off this list, man. Number thirty-seven, Kobe, or Kone, the center uh, midfield from uh. Mardushin Gladback. Oh, uh, yeah, Mardushin Gladback, yeah. Uh, who I need. Number nine, Gravio, bro. I'll take him and I'll let one of y'all get cool. I was about to say number nine. You need to come so you can put uh, Trent on the bench sometimes. Okay? I will make you play the right, but we really want him to replace. He's a left back and center back. We're going to make him do it, bro. Okay. We're, okay. We got Millie doing the shit. Hey man, put in that. Well, no, 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 no. Now that I think about it, Simi Cass actually can play both foots, so we could do we could put Simi on the right. But yeah, he could come over there. He could come play center back. Him and um, him, Virgil, Kanate. I didn't see Virgil about it, about it. And uh, lastly, I had my boy um, Mo Mokuku, striker for B BVB. You want out? Come on home, bro. Hey, for me, man. no finna leave. Hey, hey, to be honest, bro, the Atsu Fanti joint is. Is really, you know, grinding my Yeah, they geek me. They geek come me. Come on, bro. The boy's been on the sideline injury after injuries, bro. He was nice. He has, he has <laughs> potential, but like, bro, he has done zero, zero, bro. Ever since the Messi, uh, Messi kicked and they gave him the number 10 jersey, bro, he yeah, hasn't yeah. done much. Bro, your dad got you on that list, bro, because I ain't seen it. Anthony, what are your thoughts, man? And are you looking at any of these players for City? Uh, honestly, I really ain't looking at the list, but from what I'm hearing, uh, uh, soccer should be high. Um, Bellingham, I was looking at, Dan, but you're right. My man's uh, Bellingham Houdini. He on, he on something else. Uh He's he uh was a ghost in the Dirk Classicer, and uh, I don't know. I think it's price drop, man. I'm I'm looking at forty five mil for Bellingham. So. <laughs> yeah, wow, exponential news book. Yeah, yeah, they said hey, they said Dortmund wants at least twenty five, one hundred twenty five million because of Chelsea paying all that money for Enzo and football manager. I bought Jude for ninety six million pounds. And he was happy to be a backup player. So I hear you, Anthony. Maybe you drop it to like 60 million. I mean, you know, 50. I know I get it. He's still a teenager potential, but hey, man. I will give Pedri his props for, I think Pedri, he gets more love because of what he does for the national team right now because he was a standout player in Euros. He was a standout player for them in the World Cup. And, yeah, he's not a bad player at all. They do rely on him at Barca to dictate tempo. So I'll give him props for that. And I'll even give Gavi props for 
Ever since they moved him to the left wing, he's more effective. And he's a part of the reason why Ansu Fati can't get playtime because, like you guys know, Ansu Fati's been dealing with injuries for a while. And then Dembele came back to life. Then they signed Rafinha. They signed Ferran Torres. Gavi wakes up. It's like now he has to fight for a spot to play. But, yeah, him being in the top 15 is still wild because, like you said, Clay, he hasn't played in a while effectively consistent minutes but uh your man Rico Lewis is number 30 Anthony and I'll give you a little clip of what they say about your big homie they called um according to the strengths they said and I quote a polished well-schooled academy product Lewis is neat on the ball dribbles well and has the composure and intelligence to respond to Guardiola's tactical demands his agility on the ball also means he can shift inside to feature in midfield, take part in swift one-touch combinations and find space in areas other than down the touch line. Would you say that's a good assessment of Rico's game right now, Anthony? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a lot of words for just saying he's simply a good uh, possessor of the, of the ball. He's a sound, yeah, yeah, man. He, he's sound, man. He's a sound player. Yeah. Look at him. Wanted to give John Stones props, but not young Rico, right? Hey man, ever since John Stones bossed up and Kyle Walker showed his dick, I ain't seen that little kid. <laughs> real talk. Yeah, that, is real. that is real. He's he's been sick. <laughs> yeah. I saw everybody last week and I cut that shit off. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey. Cletus, would you think a player like Rico Lewis could do numbers for Chelsea? I would take him at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have a lot of young players already, but the benefit on his side is he's played, you know, Premier League minutes. He's played under a team that's allowed him to kind of develop and think a little bit more creatively as opposed to some of these these driest niggas that we have over here at Chelsea. But I'm not breaking my bank for him. Yeah, I mean on uh on ESPN FC they said his value is 10 million euros. I think it's more than that. And football manager is between like 35 and 45 million. I was like, hey man, Rico, hey, that's that British tax. I'll see you later. My thing is I'm looking on the list, I'm not seeing my boy Mitoma. You said who? Mitoma, uh from Brighton. Oh, yeah. Well, he's older. And he's, he's like 25. 25. <laughs> yeah, bro, he went old. to bro, he went to grad school. Hey man, he's a man, doctor I, in dribbling. Yeah, I said that nigga's old, man. 25. It's crazy, yeah, man. Soccer. Yeah. <laughs> we be thinking <laughs> once yeah, you yeah. get past a certain age, you're not a young because we we had a forever young uh youth prospect from Manchester United. I'm sorry, no representative, Jesse Lingard. Oh my god, the millennial prospect. He's in his 30s now, guys. Oh, oh my man. god, the youth prospect 30 year old <laughs> Jesse Link. Hey man, what is he doing now? Uh, you know, he's at Nottingham Force working on what he's going to do when they get relegated, probably because you know, I don't think he wants to go to the championship. Working at TikTok, hey, <laughs> now. 
this is a this is a bit of a wheel back, but I, f- I forgot to ask. I don't even know how I forgot. Cletus, who do you want Chelsea's next manager to be? Uh, I really don't know. I, I still need some time to really think it through, but my top three is Enrique, Nagelsmann, the return of the Godfather. Roman Abramovich? No, the special godfather. Man, imagine if Jose had all this. Oh, Mourinho. Oh, the normal one? Yeah, the normal one. (laughs) If I could have my OG back, bro, because I feel like one of the things with this, like this group of kids is they lack like discipline and fear. Like they just. You have an academy all-star team and Jose Mourinho hates kids. Yeah, but that's cool. But the new Jose Mourinho likes kids a little bit more. And he, he knows doesn't, how to yeah, no, he doesn't. He gave <laughs> Afina Jan a chance to play. He played well, and then he sold my boy in January. Yeah, because he knew that he had to go somewhere else. He didn't want to hold him back. But uh, yeah, too, that's, yeah. AKA, I don't play kids, man. Yeah, I don't want to hold you back. Go somewhere, bro. Have fun. You and would like never confuse Jose Mourinho with R. Kelly. Let's just say that. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, you don't play with kids. That, whoa, that, that's that's the third one, man. That's that's the third one today. <laughs> but all, yeah, but that's uh, crazy. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him today, bro. But I think you don't want talking about people cutting inside and coming in and stuff, hey man. Leave hey, me alone, bro. We're talking football. This is champagne football. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. This is not only fans. No black China here. Hey man, Anthony. <laughs> he said no black China. You know what popped in my head, Anthony? I know it's random, but yeah, Pound Town, the song. Yay, man. <laughs> it's some it's some new rat ratchet women rap going around out here. Shout out to St. Louis. You've Marcus seen the video, right? The truth. Yeah. Uh, I had to. I had to have some prayer time afterwards. Hey man, That's right. go ahead, I'm, I'm go old, ahead, man. I'm getting old. <laughs> I used to love to write your life, but you know, after that video, I, I was. Uh, I, I need the girl with the glasses working the front desk. Oh uh, yeah, okay, nice lifestyle, classy lifestyle. But no, no, for real, I feel like with this <laughs> Chelsea team, we do need like a little bit more discipline. Um, players to really understand their roles. And I feel like these three coaches might be the best ones to kind of give them this guidance and, you know, that extra push and like, hey, this is what you really got to do to be successful at Chelsea. Because I think right now we brought in coaches that are very mediocre and, you know, they're not really winners. Because every time you hear these press conferences all about the boys gave everything, I don't want to hear that no more. I want to I want to hear players <laughs> us. I want to hear that restand track back. That's why the goal came from the left-hand side. You know, I want players to be made responsible for their mistakes. Um, that's the reason why I, I would love to have somebody like Mourinho or Enrique. I think with Nagelsmann, he'll be um, – he'll kind of, like, ex- expand their knowledge of the game and, like, you know, try to, like, move them around a little bit more and play a little bit more attractive football, but – I, I need discipline, bro. I need like I need some some grown men, bro. I feel like we have all these little junior ass little kids on the on the field. 
Hey, man, you guys are building an AAU team. You already know what that's like. Mm-hmm. And we're still accepting donation for our AKT AAU program. I got you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm there. When is is there a deadline to this, Cletus? Let us know. Yeah, so we have about 10 more days left. So look, I want to say sometime next week. But yeah, if you guys are looking for uh, looking to donate, let me know. We'll also post a link um, with the um, with the podcast. So you guys can use that yep. link directly as well. For sure. Now it's time for a lot of people's favorite segment on the show. I can't lie, it's my favorite too. Marcus's MLS Minute. What you got for us, Marcus? back man we back man we 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 got a full squad this week goddamn no more international break man we back man so we got you know how we do we doing our feature games and the feature games this week i swapped it out man um i thought joseph martinez was gonna get on the pitch but he only did five minutes so i watched inter miami this week it went against cincinnati the last undefeated team on the east um six minutes in what was it six minutes and they thought they had a little penalty. They went to VAR. Bruh spent about seven minutes at VAR. I don't know what's up with, with the MLS, man, with this VAR shit, man. Y'all need to get this together, bro. I, I don't have time, bro. I, I went and popped a whole bag of popcorn between this dude going to VAR and us making the decision. He came back. I came back. They gone. He took the penalty away. <clears throat> Your boy um, Neville's brother over there don't ejected his hat at that point, running up and down the sidelines pissed off. Uh, we continue, and what is that? They had an extendo of extra time in the first half, and a guy from Wolves, I cannot pronounce his name. Um, I'm, I might make a, make a clip and post it on the social, but, uh, yeah, he got the header, one zip. Then from there, just a whole bunch of chances, no goals. I would say uh, early, all, early off about this MLS week, it was a lot of shots not being made. Maybe that was the dryness because people were playing in different countries and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was pretty dry. So our next match, <laughs> as we always do, we following up with D.C. United. And this week they went against that boy Shikiri, who who who's who a part-time player now, honestly, bro. My boy only played the, played the second half. Um, Again, we got more dry football. DC United, uh, they really couldn't get nothing, strain nothing together. I seen there was no Ben Teke this game. Um, so yeah, it was pretty dry. And we ended up 0-0. The last game this week, you know, you already know. It's ATL. And we went against the New York Red Bulls. Again, we got more. We had a little bit of dry football, but uh the new number seven, the Greek. Got that goal. I do not know how to pronounce the homie name. It's, pro- it's pretty much like a tump. Uh, I can't even say the damn Greek freak name. So yeah, I ain't even gonna try a homie name. Um, but yeah, he got his first goal. We was up one zip. Uh, a whole lot of hitting the crossbar. Whole lot of missing. Whole lot of over dribbling, and we escaped with the victory. We, again, again, 
we had the dang on stealing the check. Dude, Brad Gruzan, stop kicking the ball to the midfield, bro. You kicking it to the other team is getting embarrassing, bro. Um, I think I'm gonna start a count next week. How many times he do that by the end of the season? Hey man, <laughs> I got I got I got a special one though for you, Dan and uh fellas. You, you can join in and if you know this fella. Does anybody remember Jordan Morris? Oh yeah, my man that was playing in uh he used to play for Seattle, right? And then he went to Swansea. Germany. Yeah, yeah. He went to Germany, yeah. then he went to Swansea. Yeah. All, All right. right. We got a I got a I got a new one for y'all this week. Where is he now? Wow. He's in the MLS. Um Jordy. Don't tell me DC United. <laughs> oh Lord. hey man. No, he actually went back to Seattle, man. Oh, okay. I was about to say, uh, was, hey, man, because I was about to say Salt Lake, just something random. Oh, sick. No, no, he's actually at Seattle. He's cooking up this year, man. Right now, he got eight goals. He had a game with four goals on Kansas City. So, yeah, man, that we're we, we going to come back with another one next week, man. You know, we might have we might have our guy, the the ageless one, Juan Yamba. I don't know how old that homie is. <laughs> But, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all. We out of here for the MLS Minute, man. Thank you, Marcus. I appreciate that. Now it's for everybody's other favorite segments, Champagne Goal of the Week. Anthony, would you like to set it off? Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, tying goal um, put in by Alvarez that started the the 4-1 uh, demolition of Liverpool. It was a nice team goal, and it showed that we were hungry. I dig that. I dig that. Claytis, what you rolling with? Man, I'm rolling with all the goals from my classica, man. Roll down. You <laughs> feel me? Those those weak-ass Dortmund, whenever they pull up, they lay down. That's what they do. <laughs> Marcus, who you going with? Hey man, I'm gonna give respect to the guy today, Nicolise Hoffa. Man, for that long shot, man, had the Byron goalie looking spooked. <laughs> he was shook. He had fear in his eyes immediately. How did that get in? That's the way he was looking. That's the yeah. that's what I read off his face. <laughs> I got I got a a weird champagne goal of the week, but it goes in line with what I've been saying this year. Especially to Ephraim, shout out to Ephraim and Marcus. He touched on it in the MLS minute, but this happened in the Netherlands. My homie Mohamed Kudus should have had the game-winning goal for Ajax this weekend. He had a beautifully timed run, a header on point. It happened so fast they thought he was offside, but he played the perfectly. But guess what, guys? When it went to VAR. VAR wasn't working. They didn't know how to draw lines. How many times have I said, do these guys not know how to use rulers? They can't make lines? So VAR, supposedly their line machine wasn't working. They couldn't draw offsides lines, so they couldn't allow a game-winning goal to happen. Referees, Europe, I don't know what you guys are doing. Bring back rulers. What the hell is going on? They need a T-square for that one. Yeah, man. In the club, All Stars, who you rolling to the club with? 
Cletus, is Tucho with you? No, sir. I'm I'm take, I'm bringing two sickos outside with me. One is gonna be Basti. Number two, Lothias, <laughs> because Lothar has been talking crazy, and from what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, he's not lying. The facts are adding up. Brazo and Khan are are in hot waters. Yeah, he has Khan panicking. The destroy Mia Samia. They're 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 spooked right now. <laughs> Anthony, who you in the club with? Man, I'm in there with Alvarez, man. I saw a video of him on Twitter during the international break getting jiggy in the club. So I'm party, I'm party with the World Cup winner, man. And, and we're gonna talk about legendary dreams for, for him in Manchester City's future. Thought you was gonna say we're gonna talk about Peter Parker. Oh shit. Yeah. He was throwing the Spider-Man hands up in the club. You know it. Yeah. Marcus, who you in the club with? Hey man. Um, I gotta uh first off, I gotta bring somebody not not soccer related. I gotta bring my boy Shane McMahon. And, uh, <laughs> oh my god, the knees. Paynomatic oh. must be the, the money. Gave out on that boy and um I'm gonna bring Jurgen in there, bro, because we we need a whiteboard in the in the VIP, bro. We need hey, to figure man. this shit the fuck out. Who do we need? Hey man, Anthony, will you let them borrow your waterboard? Yeah, I got enough uh, plastic bottles over here, man. We can we can set something up. <laughs> hey, I'm hey. in the club with um the Arsenal ladies. They've been balling. They smoked. Tottenham 5-1. Then they came back from behind to beat Bayern 2-0 to advance to the semifinals of the Champions League. Then they beat the Manchester City women this past weekend. Shout out to you, Katie McCabe. You're going to miss your match against Everton because you hit shorty Chloe Kelly in the head with the ball when she was making noise. I like that thuggy stuff. I remember soccer earlier in the year. He hit my man Jordan Pickford in the head with the ball. And then he tried to help him console him. That's Arsenal heritage right now. We hit you in the head top. And I also got to bring, you said what? Real South London right there. Yeah, yeah, real North side, man. We've been in the North side for over 100 years. We from South London. We from North London. We represent the heart of the ghetto. That's why we're the most beloved team in London. You know what it is. But the other person in the club with me is my boy, Jack Wilshire. When he was a youngster, 2009, he won the FA Cup under 18s. Now, 14 years later, he is coaching under 18s, and he led us to the FA Cup final. That's beautiful right there, man. That's full. Hey, hey hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to bring the whole LSU ladies squad into the coach, hey, too. With, with... Yeah, I want to be with the Bayou Barbie. Shout out Angel Reese. Baltimore's finest. Cletus, tell them about Baltimore and how lovely that city is. Beautiful city, beautiful food, wonderful women. Trust me, you know, don't don't let what what you saw on TV fool you. You can go in there, you might find a little nice little prize that knows how to cook five course meals. Yeah, man, crab cakes for everybody. You're right, Marcus. I'm tripping, man. You're right. We definitely need to be with the LSU ladies. Turn it up. Anthony, you got any other special guests in your club? Because I mean, we might we might have special guests at the club. I don't know who's walking out. 
who's at midnight? Who's the special performer? Man, I don't got nobody, man. It's just me, me and myself, man. What was that one song we we heard? I <laughs> they said. I know, I know the the club owner when I step in, and then he said, "I am the club when I'm oh, in there." Oh yeah, <laughs> he was the club. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm in there, man. Hey, I forgot who that was. That song was next. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, that's next. Dang, what song was that? That's crazy. Hey man, this has been a great episode of Champagne Soccer. Shout out to Claytis. Oh, yeah, hold on, Cletus. I almost forgot. You wanted a preview El Clasico. Tomorrow, Wednesday, when this episode comes out, El Clasico will be going on the second leg of the Spanish Cup. Uh, You know, what are your expectations, Clay? Can Real Madrid win? I'm, I'm hoping for a Madrid comeback. I think over the weekend, they look really good, more clinical. It's Ramadan season. And, you know, bands is a different beast during Ramadan season. So hopefully they can make it, you know, make a comeback. I would love to even see it go extra time if they do have extra time as opposed to going into penalties. But I think this this game is going to is going to dictate a lot um, as, you know, for Madrid, as the way their season is going to end out. They're going to be able to make that comeback in the league or this is going to be like their final push to win some type of silverware. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win the league, but anything's possible. There's 11 matches left in the season, and they're back 12 points. So It's over, bro. Yeah, so Copa del Rey and the Champions League are their best shots to win a trophy. Do you think, Marcus, they can come back from behind? It is only a 1-0 deficit, so do you think they can come back from behind and win the second leg? Uh, I think that they could honestly, but my thing is, is it, are they all the way healthy? Because it seemed like they dry. They were kind of dry the last match, and I don't want to see Rodri starting, bro. He's a super sub, bro. Don't start that man. Find a d- different option. And if Hazard was playing good when everybody else was away, how about you see if that sh- that could continue? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I I would like. Because seeing Hazard play this past week and him getting, what, an assist, creating four chances, I'm like, you know, he's still there. The, his biggest problem is he's not good at practicing. He's not a good practice player. And that is definitely it's, – it's hurt him at Madrid. How many know. years he been there, bro? How you ain't got in shape yet? I mean, he's <laughs> in shape, but the injuries have been – like, I think the injuries kind of set him back, and it just hasn't motivated him to, like, be to his best self. Because one again, he doesn't like to train, and he kind of saw that he wasn't being utilized. He just stopped caring. But I think he's starting to find that motivation a bit more and more and more. But one thing I'll say is, Asensio played in midfield. I think the last game, and it allowed them to be more creative. And I think they should definitely go back to either having him in midfield or at least starting him on the wing instead of coming off the bench. Shout out to Valadoid. They tried their best, but it's it's cooked. Um, yes, Real Madrid won 6-0 on the weekend, and they switched up their formation to 4-2-3-1. That double pivot of Tushimeni and Cruz gave them stability at the back. And like you mentioned, Asensio was on the right wing, Clay, and he played well, scored. Rodrigo as the number 10 scored. Vinicius was kind of ghosting. 
he was subbed off um, early in the second half, I believe. Benzema with a hat trick. Maybe they need to stay at with the 4-2-3-1. Camavinga still at left back, so maybe they do need that double pivot to bring more balance to their midfield. But, Anthony, who are you going with? The second game is at the Camp Nou. Barca's at home. One nil aggregate advantage. Do you think Barca will advance or will Real Madrid come back and win the game or win the tie? I'm going to go with the Spotify slaves. They're going to win. That's it. That's all I got. Marcus, are you going with the Spotify slaves or the White House boys? I'm going with the White House boys as long as they're well all black again. <laughs> yeah, they they can't do the A Marcus. That was their probate outfit, man, and they fucked up. <laughs> Bro, they got spoke. I was like, I like that shit though. I was like, it I was, wanted that jersey. It was nice. I even sent the link to Jamar. Shout out to, to Jamar. I sent the link to Jamar to go and get the jersey before the game. And then after they got body, body rocked, he said, never mind, that's Juju. I felt like that with the Bob Baller Ajax joint too. But yeah, I, I think it's gonna be um three one uh White House. Play this, you going with the White House as well? Coke boys. I need a <laughs> female Coke boys win. <laughs> I dig it. I I think um, you know, I don't like Barcelona. They're cheaters. They cheated my team out of a Champions League. There you go. Say it. They did the same thing to us. Say it. Yeah, they did cheat you guys. We know that. Shout out to Drug Butts of Disgrace. I'll never forget that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the White House as well. <laughs> but all right, guys, we really going this time. I almost forgot about El Classico. How can I forget about the biggest draw in England? There's so much stuff going on. It's oh man, we we could talk all day. We didn't even talk about Napoli getting body rocked by Milan. Oh my god. And Oshiman, when there's no Oshiman, there's no motion in their attack. Leal was having fun. Hey man. KK passing it to no one. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of spooked because going into the Champions League tie, you know, everybody's thinking Napoli, but I don't know. The way it's looking, man, AC might, might spook them. Because yeah. not like AC doesn't have players that could create. They have players who could score, create, who could change games. They just haven't been, you know, producing to the level that we've known them to. But it's the Champions League, bro. It's the end of the season. You know, people are going to turn up. Yep. And as we know, club club football in the league and club football and comp, cup competitions, it's a different thing. The intensity is different. And, hey, maybe Milan is better for that. We'll see how that goes. But, Oshiman, get your mind right, because I saw you on international break, hanging out with a lot of rappers in Nigeria, hanging out at a lot of cribs. Wearing pants with orange bandanas on it. I didn't know what was going on. Get your mind right. Any thoughts on that? Are you rocking pants with orange bandanas on it, guys? Hey, man, I just feel like he was back home too long. And when you be home too long, you be influenced. And he's going to come back to Napoli looking huff. I don't need that. John Morant package. I need you to come back scoring goals because the kid's back home. I put money on, on on you to score. Hey, man. Our ladies need a hit. 
kids back home, right? It might be kids in America trying to get parlays they hit too, the way it sounded. Yeah, I, I need to pay my rent early. <laughs> Before we go, Anthony, are you wearing pants with orange bandanas on it? Nah, man, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a man of integrity and respect. You know better. Yeah, come on now. I can't say that. I used to wear pant, red pants, bro. Hey, man. Hey, I, I hear you, man. It's all right. Shout out to different color pants. I was, I was, I was in the ghetto today with some green pants. It's okay. Sweatpants, though, not jeans. Remember those colored jeans there? That's another story for another day. Oh, what a ton of you alive. <laughs> Champagne Soccer, the best podcast in the world dedicated to the beautiful game. For Anthony Marcus Claytis, shout out to Ephraim. We out. And what we got to do, Marcus? Hey, man, get you a big bottle. Keep it all nice. And until 